everyone, and welcome to episode number 161 of the Pico Serenity Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson. And joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello! And this week, uh, we are, well, we're going to be talking about keys. Uh, we have one of the other new affixes that has been out this week, Afflicted. Um, mm-hmm. And we have both been afflicted with Scarn progression at the same time. Been fun. Been fun. Um, as, along with that, Diablo 4 uh, Early Access is out. If you pre-ordered the game, um, you can uh, start playing. And uh, it's had a much smoother launch than its predecessor. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we should jump right into that. That way we get the Diablo stuff out of the way and then we can sure. focus on WoW the rest of the time. But yeah, I mean... I will be 100% honest with you. I I might have done one key, but to be fair, I don't think I, I have. To. Actually, you know what? I did, a, I did a key or two on my evoker. So uh, not on my monk, though. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I've been heads down at Diablo 4. Honestly, I think they had one they had one login queue last night. Or not okay. even last night, like like around 4 or 5 Eastern. Um, there was like a thir- the random 30-minute queue to log in. Okay. Um, but that cleared up within the hour. And other than that, I mean, there's been like, I think the standard, like I've definitely hit some lag where like I'll rubber band or like they'll be like, you know, um, just abilities will be delayed and it'll take a little bit for them to process. But in general, like launched super smooth. Like they've been, I mean, it is a far cry from Diablo 3 launch, which if people don't remember, like it took days to get into Diablo 3, um, yeah. which is yeah. random errors. Like you couldn't even sit in queue um for anything so um no it's been it's funny it's been um it's been a really good launch i'll say the 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 other thing that that surprised me about the game number one i think it's i think it's a fine game i think it's sort of builds a little bit upon i mean i'm not at end game yet but at least like the leveling up thing is seems to be um different enough from diablo 3 that it's interesting um the classes are all different um it's much less linear than diablo 3 yeah. Which is something that I think I'll appreciate more when I'm leveling up another character. So I won't be like it, base Diablo three did not have adventure mode to have that kind of nonlinear leveling. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't come until later in the game's lifespan. So early on in the game, if you wanted to level another character, you were just playing through the the campaign again, which is how Diablo two worked, right? But yeah, um, it kind of didn't age super well. No. Um so but yeah, I it's uh it's much more open than Diablo yeah, 3's you, leveling was. Yeah, can you cause you do either of the first three acts in any order, and then I think there's a fourth act. I to be fair, I've read nothing about the game, so like I'm literally going in blind. Like I so okay, I lied. I did Google how to get a mount, because you can get mounts in the game. Yeah. Um you have to play I, the campaign, right? It's it's like at the start of Act Four, you get oh, okay. a quest to get it. So you have to get to Act Four and for spoilers. Um, but I've I I knew nothing about how the game worked, and sort of was just sort of going in as blind as I could be. And I've had a ton of fun. Um, I think the other thing, so gameplay wise, I'm playing a Necro with summons because that's typically any new ARPG I play. I like playing the summon class, like pet build. Um, the summons suck. Um, <laughs> so we'll, I don't know. I still kill things pretty quickly. I, I think eventually we'll respec into something that isn't summons based just because there's not enough like points in the point tree to really buff up them but um not that type of podcast um but i will say the art is surprisingly different so that was the one thing where when you see still photos of diablo 4 and you put them next to diablo 3 in still they look very similar um 
but playing the game and like seeing the animations and, and all the like the, the way that the the environment and stuff like that interacts with like the color palettes all that fun stuff diablo 4 is a much darker game like in just in theming in like general feel like yeah diablo 3 seemed like like you know like the fun factory like let's put like all my clown mask and like it's really a demon oh, i'm scary where like diablo 4 is like it looks like a flesh-eating monster is trying to rip your face off like um the the tone is much different i think the art style is a little bit darker so i'm in i'm enjoying my time in diablo 4 i've put yeah probably like 10 or 15 hours into it since thursday so um yeah. played played a fair amount of it uh but going like i said going slowly so like i'm doing like it's an open world so it's, that's the other difference is you're not like teleporting to different spaces it's like you can run from like zone to zone right. um and really the only loading bars are like when you load into dungeons or load into like like an instance basically um i've been like doing a bunch of side stuff side quests are everywhere yeah um, it feels it feels almost like a like an action rpg version of wow in terms of like or just an mmo in general not specifically wow but like um, i've heard it compared a lot to like lost ark um yeah i can see that i i mean i think lost ark has a lot more mmo elements to it than okay. the diablo 4 but in terms of like pacing and moving around the world and the way like the zones connect and what you can do I, i'd agree it's it's very similar to lost ark yeah uh, yeah i have, I have zero hours played in lost ark so i have no like con- concept of like how they compare i just have heard yeah. that comparison made repeatedly that it's like you know lost ark without the you know pay to win crafting thing, stuff yeah. at the end of the game <laughs> yeah yeah but it's funny lost ark little aside is like my top three played game on steam and i only played it for like three months i've got i have over like 200 hours into it. oh my god <laughs> something ridiculous i played a ton of that game but um but yeah no i i could see the comparisons but no i'd say diablo 4 like at least not end game but like getting to the end game so i'm i think i'm level 35 like 35 to 40 in there just about to finish act three so i haven't started act four yet um I mean, I give it like a like an eight and a half, nine. Like, I think it's a really good game, at least for the level up experience. So, yeah, um, this is definitely one of those games where if what you care about is Endgame, and you haven't bought it yet, just wait for like two, three weeks for yeah. people to like play the Endgame and like get real opinions on the part of the game that you care about. But if that's not your like, if you just like are more like me where i'll i'll play it and like even when the new season comes out i'll go and i'll i'll play for a bit but i'm not spending a ton of time with endgame usually the last season of diablo 3 i actually spent a ton of time playing the endgame um but that was like really unusual for me Um, yeah yeah we well i think we'll you'll wait to see how the endgame works i haven't i mean like i said i'm not there i don't think any of my friends are there just yet so we're still sort of all leveling up so i haven't heard much about it but yeah, that'll the, be the, uh, that'll be the make or break, I think, for it. So, yeah, I've been playing a uh, fire sorceress, which is oh, nice. uh, you were commenting on the animations. The 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 fire sorceress animations are extremely good. Nice. Um, very very fun, except for fireball, which looks little like this dink like it is a fireball, but it's this is very small dinky little <laughs> fireball. Yeah, and um, but it you know does things so y- you cast it um and that's been very fun uh i'm a sucker for the kinds of builds where you have like 
when an enemy dies, it does like an explosion and it does damage to things around it. Those are always super fun for me. Like in yeah. D3, I played the, the um, I don't remember the name of the spell, the Quaking Palm kind of thing. Oh, okay, yeah, for monks. Yep. That, that when it died, especially with the legendaries, it died and then it applied it to the ones around it, did a bunch of damage, and it would like chain reaction and kill everything. Okay. Um, so, so Sorceress has one where you can put Fireball in your enchantment slot and then when things die, they do a Fireball oh nice uh explosion and so you can just like set everything up with a bunch of burning effects and then trigger the explosion and they all just like evaporate it's yeah it's that's super cool nice i'm just a huge sucker for that no that's awesome it's not very good on bosses because nothing dies on the boss except the boss so yeah i will say the so with the necro you have to summon your your minions based on having corpses and on bosses it's real rough if like it was rough early, and then I hit a break point where now I generate a corpse every so every so much damage I do. So like yeah. I can get some of my minions back, but yeah, if a boss doesn't spawn adds, it's a uh, it's rough for my class. But yeah, um, but no, I'm having fun. We'll probably try and finish Act Three tonight and do a little bit of Act Four. Really, I want to get my mount and then go back because I've skipped a bunch of dungeons. I guess that's the other yeah. thing is like the aspect of like legendary like legendary power system is all based on you like you get the powers for finishing dungeons basically. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I have to go back and I did all the ones for Necro as I'm going through, but I left all the like the general ones or the the class specific ones to, to do. So, I've only Guys. done some of the dungeons. There's one that I went out of my way to do that gives a aspect for Fire Sorceress. So I went yeah. and did it. It was a little bit out of my way, um, but then I realized I don't have any of the materials to use to like use it yet. Uh, I found that out too. So I I oh, I don't have any aspects on or whatever they're called. I don't have any of them on my gear right now. <laughs> Yeah, I have um, have gotten a few, like, three, four legendaries at this point. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just, like, low-level legendaries don't give you the resource to, like, put aspects on your gear or what it is. But I'm also only, like, level 25, right? This is not... <laughs> yeah. Not engagers yet. Yeah, I'm, I've dismantled a couple of, of legendaries and haven't gotten all the material. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But no, it's, I mean, Diablo 4, I'd say if you're into an AR, if you're into the ARP genre, at least for like playing a new one, I think it's worth picking up. I think your point's really good. It's like if you want something that has like repeatability and you want to grind the end game, I'd say wait a couple weeks, get the reviews on how the end game actually plays out and then yeah. pick it up. And like to some degree, that also I think depends on how you want to play the end game. Cause if you want to go in kind of blind and just like play around with things, honestly, just like play now because nobody knows what the hell is going on because there were balance patches in between like the last yeah. beta and now. So like things or are really up Friday, in the to air. Be fair, even on Friday, they put balance patches. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if you just want to like jam the end game and play some neat builds and like not, not have to figure it all out for yourself, I would definitely wait a couple weeks and see what people think of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of dungeons though, uh, we have this new, mythic plus affix in wow we do which is actually what our podcast is supposed to be about <laughs> and yes. and um that's been interesting i will say that so what the, the what this affix is this is the one afflicted that you have to either heal or do a friendly dispel so you know a detox kind of thing uh mm-hmm. to remove them you pretty frequently get spawns of two of them at a time, regardless of pack size. Um, 
like very small packs you'll get one sometimes bosses you'll get one but often even on bosses you'll get two uh and unless you are very quick on the first dispel uh you can only get one of them um there are like shaman can do two at a time with uh with poison cleansing totem there's evokers that can use their aoe dispel and get them mass dispel actually notably does not work because they're not a part of your group uh no it's because they they don't have a magic effect it's like oh that's right that's right oh yeah because mass still even works outside of your group yeah fair enough um so yeah i think the thing for this effects if you're playing monk which you should be because monk is fun um it's really easy like it's so free it's yeah. it's like you just like i've done a bunch of them where i have just done all of them because you can if you're very quick about getting the first to spell get the first one and then your dispel is back for the second one but you do have to be on top of it mm-hmm. so you have to be paying attention to it um but like you really want like two to three people in your group that can do it and when pugging i would definitely go for three which is kind of unfortunate because that really is restrictive on your group comp. Yeah, there's not a lot of hybrids that that have a a dispel like some sort of like curse, poison, or disease dispel. So um, yeah, I mean the, the other option too is you can heal them up, so you can like dispel one and then try and heal the the second if you get two. Um, there is an interesting interaction with the heal, which I don't know if they fixed, but I know that earlier on in the week you could actually heal them off the second heal them up the second they spawned um okay basically if you had something down that was ticking on them where you could tick so i think the way it worked is oh. this is what we theorized is that they spawn it at full hp so if right. you heal them while they're still at full hp the game thinks you top them off and they immediately go away and then the, then they take a health reduction or you'd have to top them from there and so yeah. like druids with like efflorescence or like even essence font for monks was enough right and, and a couple yeah. other classes could do this um, I don't know if they fixed it, but there is a way to game it if you're on top of like essentially getting lucky that you get a heal tick the moment that it spawns in. Um, right. And you can top it immediately. It sounds um, really hard to do reliably. I mean, they were, I think, I don't, I forget, someone was talking about it in the monk, in the Mistweaver section of the Discord. Like they were able to reliably do it, at least a druid was, just because I think the way that, that Eflo okay. ticks. Um, and they could, they could get it fairly consistently with essence font i think you just had to be close to where the mob was spawning in to and then yeah. essence font and then-, and then so you would want to be channeling essence font so uh if you haven't done this affix yet there's a pre-spawn animation so this isn't like you're, you're not relying on a weak card to tell you that these are going to spawn in three seconds so you need to start channeling essence font you yeah. can watch for the animation and start your essence font channel and then um you know hopefully if you're standing next to it you're you just like get an essence font bolt i guess on them immediately immediately when they spawn and it just goes away yeah that's what it seemed like they were doing so i mean it's not 100 percent reliable but it definitely makes the affix slightly easier if you can pull it off um yeah but i thought that was interesting in that yeah that it spawns in it at max hp and then the game reduces it so if you can catch it in that i don't know probably half second quarter second that it's still at max hp and get a heal on it it basically makes the mob disappear so yeah um, that all that said um if they go off it's honestly not that bad like you don't want it to happen it's minus 100 haste and it stacks so if you let both go off you're at minus 200 haste it does affect your resurrection spells so um 
if you ever wanted to like see what would happen if you had negative 200% haste while casting uh, your your res, uh, I can tell you it takes 30 seconds. Jesus. That's funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so I mean, that's not it's not terrible. I mean, it's definitely not a good thing to let continually go off, but um, but not yeah. terrible in terms of yeah the the downside of it. But yeah, I mean, I'd say like this one, it's it's an interesting affix. The other thing too with afflicted is that and people, at least from a healing perspective, if you're going to try and heal them off or even just dispel them in general, like there's no uh, unit frames for them, so like you're never going to see like a unit frame for the afflicted mob, like where you'd see maybe your party frames or like boss frames right. or something like that. There's just nothing like that for the mob. So it can be a little bit difficult if you're not used to as a healer, like playing not inside of your bars, right? Looking at more where mobs are spawning or, or yeah. players are in healing and, and taking action they do. that way. So. so one thing that I think a lot of people ran into the first couple of days of this, um, they do have friendly nameplates. Um, friendly nameplates are not something that can be controlled by add-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, blame... I, who is it, Infinity on Star Augur? Somebody on, or was it Strawberry Puppet? Somebody on Star Augur, you know, did some really neat tech, and now the rest of us don't get to have nice things. You had a line to your partner, and you would just run into them. It would assign yes. you who to clear with. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, so player has an option on it, though. So there's these internal settings called CVARs that you can control. Most of them... You actually, there's like a bunch that you can't control through the default UI um, that were just like built and then they decided not to expose them in the default settings, but Plater can set a bunch of them. One of them is hide Blizzard nameplates for friendly NPCs. Um, and a bunch of people have that on. So a bunch of people like day one could not see afflicted nameplates. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely something I think there is a post like in the in the details slash Plato Discord about how to turn that back on. I've seen other posts, you know, like in, in my guild Discord and other places about how to turn that back on. But if you're playing it and you cannot see afflicted nameplates, they do exist. You need to make sure that your add-ons are not setting that CVAR to hide the nameplates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, but it's it's definitely, I mean, it can be annoying if you're not used to... Uh used to healing that stuff yeah so yeah i think um, my my only real gripe with it is just the group comp restriction like yeah having it go off is not a group wipe or anything like that like it's it's fairly manageable if it happens it sucks like uh brewmaster you kind of don't really feel it but it does reduce or increase the brute cooldown of your bruise by a lot mm-hmm. so that sucks uh but like i've been playing my blood decay a bunch in keys because i'm prepping it to go back into scar tonight and um man that class likes haste and getting minus 100 percent or minus 200 percent haste the class feels awful oh i can only imagine like because that that affects like rune regeneration too for you right as a blood rune decay. regen gcd it yeah. affects you know like everything and there's this feedback loop right now with blood decay where you're spending a bunch of like you spend runic power that gets your vamp blood back vamp blood gives you a strength buff Spending runes maintains the strength buff, and you like do this thing where you like are cycling through vampiric blood a lot to maintain to like have that up, and also just because vampiric blood is like a really good ability. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you get hit with minus one hundred percent haste, and it all just falls apart. <laughs> God, that's <funny>. um, 
But like we've had even some go off at really bad times, like on uh, the Forge Master boss in Neltharis. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one go off uh, during Bloodlust on the first, uh, like, you know, where he hits the anvil and does a ton of raid damage. And yeah. that's like, honestly, like, you, you list like things where you would expect minus 100% haste to just like kill you. Right. And that really healing intensive part there is like very high on the list. And, you know, it was spooky, but we were fine. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I can definitely think of like, I think, what is it? What was the one last week? Uh, Incorporeal. I think their debuff is almost worse. Oh, the, I agree. The minus, the minus 50% damage, right? And, and healing. Minus so. 50% damage and healing. Yeah, yeah, that one is much, much scarier. At least as a tank. Because yeah. um, even like, the minus 100% haste, you know, so Brewmaster doesn't affect it too much if you've are, but I guess in general, just like if you've already got resources pooled for something, mm-hmm. the haste doesn't really affect you as a tank that much. Right. Like on Blood DK, if I'm sitting there and I've got Riddick Power prepped for a mechanic, I've got a CD ready to go for a mechanic, and then I get minus 100% haste, it doesn't meet, like I still have all that stuff prepared. Right. The, uh, issue is almost like if you have it happen enough before the mechanic that you can't actually prepare for it you know um or if you're in a very intensive situation where you need to be generating and spending those resources very very quickly like on some uh like the first pull i do in Neltharis is like three packs together and um i hit you know i have details like screenshots of that where i'm doing 300k hps on my dk uh all all on myself and um that's the kind of situation where i think i would probably die on my dk if we had one go off there because i'm just like i'm not pooling i am just like generating as quickly as i can so i can spend it immediately gotcha yeah yes i mean um yeah the the, i mean to be fair like i said i haven't i don't think i've played it yet so i don't know how it just, it sounds like, from what I've read, it just sounds like it's, like you mentioned, just annoying from a group composition or perspective. Um, and yeah, it doesn't seem like it's too punishing at the end of the day um, if you don't either dispel it or or heal it up. So it seems like healing yeah. it up isn't really the play. I haven't heard much, other than sort of trying to cheese the heal, I haven't heard much about people trying to It's like it. a last resort kind of thing. Like, okay, uh, okay, other fun fact, Death Knights can actually use Death Coil on these um, oh, okay. to heal them up. Again, you really don't want to have to do that. But in a pinch, you can. Um, so yeah. there's definitely times where I've just swapped to it and just like sent death coils into it until it's topped up. It takes like three. Uh, two mm-hmm. if you get lucky with crits, but usually three. And uh, then they're, then they're you know, removed. That's like an entire running power bar, though. So that's, you know, tons of death strikes that you're not getting. So you can't do that all the time because sometimes that will just kill you if you're tanking. And if you're DPSing, that can, like, you know, just send your DPS, you know, into the gutter. <laughs> yeah, true. True, true. Um, but yeah, well, I, I think the dispel issue, like, just not just the group comp issue. You need, like, monks, shamans, uh, paladins. Like, DPS priests can't do it. Any healer is fine. So you always have the healer. Well, right usually have the healer we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk about, about that. that uh usually have the healer um then you need like one to two of these other specs that can do the dispel 
And the right. the one that's like a standout is Elemental Shaman that with their, I don't know what it is about them, but so Shaman has Poison Cleansing Totem. It's on a 45 second cooldown. These spawn more frequently than every 45 seconds. So Enhancement and Restoration Shaman can just like Poison Cleansing Totem every other and I have to do uh, kind of the odd sets mm-hmm. the regular way. Enhanced or Elemental Shaman has some kind of cooldown reduction for their totems that I have no idea how it works, but they do. Um, and can use Poison Cleansing Totem on every set. So if you get an Elemental Shaman, then you're just like cruising. Yeah, you're good. You're good to go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that is the, I think the, maybe the biggest weakness of this. So, but it's interesting. I mean, it's a new affix. Interesting that, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how well people like it. But yeah, right now it's sort of your D, your pure DPS class to sort of lose out, I guess, other than mages, but yeah, the rest of them. So. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I don't know. Um, maybe we, and we're sort of jumping you want to talk about these uh, these plus twenty fours that they've been done? Yeah, we can we can do that a little bit. So yeah, so I guess there was some news that came out really today, and and I think this happened I think yesterday in terms of when it was done. But there were two plus twenty four keys done: Bracken Hide Hollow and Halls of Infusion, without a healer, basically a tank and uh, four DPS. Um, and they did have some. I mean, they did some hybrid DPS in there, right? You have you know a Shadow Priest, Evoker. Rhett Paladin and Feral Druid, all with, I mean, all those classes have the ability to heal and then also, you know, um, have some like escape stuff that they can use. But yeah, they uh, they did a a no healer. This this group did two no healer twenty fours. Um, so I guess yeah, healers no longer needed in Mythic Plus. I guess um, again, again, again. Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting because when you think about. Like the, I think the the biggest biggest issue, the biggest thing around like the fact that you can do no healer keys, I think just uh, there's a twofold way to look at this, right? There's one where it's like, okay, these you have five very good players who hyper optimize themselves and hyper optimize their group to complete these keys without a healer, right? Um, is one way to look at it. It wasn't easy; yeah. it was difficult for them. And the other way to look at it is like maybe these dungeons or or just dungeons in general need to do more damage. Which, like, from my experience, pugging like the last thing i want to see because right? yeah. like because there are there are i mean there are, there are certain bosses where like we do they, they did brackenhide right but the first boss of brackenhide um puts a dot on you that doesn't go a bleed essentially that doesn't go away until you're over um 90 health you get healed over 90 health right the problem is they this group did two things they ran spore cloak i think for most of their team which is a very good defensive item takes up an embellishment slot but yeah. very good healing and then they have classes that can get rid of bleeds easily like Bop. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they also the, just have the, the evoker. They have the, the, yeah, the, evo- the evoker, so they can all like group up and cauterize it off. Yeah, exactly. So, I and mean, that also applies in like halls of infusion, right? You think about the dragons. The dragons are scary, but if you have a master spell, they're like AOE damage comes from a magic dot. Yeah, and so you like group up, drop a master spell on it, and you just don't take damage from them. Exactly. Um, the, and since this is fortified week, the bosses are not nearly as scary uh, in terms of damage output. So things like, you know, Vampiric Embrace, uh, just personal self-healing, like Evokers actually have really good self-healing, even though they're not super good for healing the, the rest of the group. Um, mm-hmm. Nature's Vigil, not super good, but it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it does do healing. And then, of course, both the Protection Paladin and the Retribution Paladin can spend Holy Power on Word of Glory. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. So there's a ton of like off healing from this group and a ton of just like coordination. So, I mean, I would say like, while it's interesting, I don't know how much it should impact the rest of the game. Right. I think you've got, these are the only two runs I think in season two, they're both by some very good players. Like you see a couple yeah. of, of names that we, you, you should know about in there in the group. And it's a, just a hyper up, like not hyper optimized, but it's probably a very optimized group to, to play towards the mechanics of both these yeah. dungeons. So I, so these dungeons are not the ones that I would have necessarily expected, but I guess after yeah. thinking about it with the comp that they've got and the things that you can dispel, I'm not that surprised to see it on fortified week like halls of infusion has the frog boss that's pretty scary it has the first boss that's pretty scary but on you know fortified week you can kind of probably just like you know vamp embrace the scary bit and then kill the boss yeah yeah (laughs) it's just the boss is dead um so i guess i'm not like i i believe that this is that this is doable um yeah but then there's keys like Neltharis doing Forge Master without a healer. Yeah. I don't know how you would do that outside of like some really jank shenanigans with immunities. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know how, like, how, how do you live multiple of the anvil things? They happen too often to use something like Vamp Embrace on every one of them versus like right. the Frog Boss, the cooldown on the, uh, croak is like 40 seconds or 45 seconds so uh even if it takes you you know two minutes to do the boss you get three of them and you can vamp embrace two of them yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean i i i would i would say this becomes more of an issue i'd say it's it's funny the weird thing to me is that the no healer key becomes more of an issue if the key if you start running lower keys with no healers yeah like when, when 16s and 17s are being done with no healers and that's like now the meta I'd say that's, that's when problem. we have a we yeah. have like a healer problem. Like doing two twenty fours without healers, it's cool. I think maybe like most people, they'll probably blow it out of the water of like, hey, you don't need healers. This is crazy. But I mean, you have a like like we said, I think you have a group centered around the idea like these are every class in here is like a hybrid can off heal if needed. Like has some very good like defensive utility. Like we've mentioned, like that can that can you know counteract some of the things within the dungeon. So. Yeah. I think it's just a cool thing that people have done from personally, like until this becomes a like, until I get into start to like pug my keys and I'm starting to see like 17s being like, uh, no, no healer. healer, like 40 PS, right? Like then, yeah. then, then I'll be like, okay, this, this is an issue here. But yeah, I think it's just a cool thing that, that some people pushed, pushed some content. Yeah. Cool. I, I do think that this is something that depends a lot on what key you're doing as to whether mm-hmm. this is even possible. Right, like I mentioned, Neltharis. I don't know how you do this in Neltharis. Maybe I'm just not galaxy brain enough to to know how you do this in Neltharis. But I don't, I don't see how you make it work. Um, Freehold actually would also be very interesting. I think it might potentially be do- doable. You would need to like lust the pack with the two shattering bellow dudes to yeah. just kill them before they kill you. Um, but you know, potentially doable. Uh, there are a lot of bosses though that don't do very much group damage, and there are one things I one of the things I noticed as I was, you know, playing my DK is that I mentioned that that first poll that I do that I do like three hundred k HPS on my DK. The healer, if we get the kicks on the molten core, does like twenty five k. 
It's nothing, yeah. Because I'm the only one taking damage. And I think that's kind of what you're going for if you're doing something like this, is is dungeons where you can either just have you like stuff that's interruptible or stoppable that you can do um, a lot with stuff like Vampiric Embrace or just kicks. Mm -hmm. uh, things that you can either mass dispel or cauterize. Um, just all this kind of stuff that you can do to remove the damage instead of having something to heal. Or that yeah. just doesn't do any damage in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, no, that yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I mean it's um Yeah, it's it's just yeah. It's an it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, yeah, like where else could you maybe do make this work? Um yeah, it'd be cool to see if I mean if they time every dungeon on twenty four, like good for them. I just I just think it's a cool thing that people are pushing. It's like to me, it's like the whole speedrunning aspect of like classic. Yeah. Where people try and do like a raid as fast as possible. It's like, yeah, you can hyper optimize your group to clear it, but you don't need to. And I think in this case, it's like it's just a group of people who are like trying to do this whole like no lever stuff, which I find which I find fun. So yeah, and I mean, Cyber, who's one of the people that that did this, posted that they did a twenty three Neltharian's lair as well. Yeah. Um. Which is interesting. Like, I guess they nerfed uh, Neraxis. Yeah. And that would be probably the pain point is doing Neraxis. But again, Fortified. Neraxis is not as bad on Fortified. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of kind of wild, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool little thing they're pushing. But yeah, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, boss, do no damage. Or I think that was maybe even Jack's response to it. And I'm like, come on, Jack, you're not pugging. 16 spud so yeah <laughs> bosses do damage or really people take damage doing bosses we'll say. yeah it turns out that when your entire group avoids all of the damage you don't need very much healing exactly and exactly. you know on some level that's okay yeah i mean it, yeah it's like yeah i will tell you though that key stressed the hell out of me and like i that's the one thing I, like i've been playing devastation a bunch like the last two weeks just because Honestly, I'm gonna go all augmentation evoker if it if it pans oh, out to boy. be good. I'm having a ton of like I, I did a key on PTR actually, which I never do. Um and like that was fun. Um as our augmentation. So DPS is the most chill thing. Like after playing healer for all these years, I forget how much like you just can just zone out, do your rotation, like mechanic or two hits, and maybe you move for it. Maybe you don't because you have a healer, you know? Um, and so like yeah, it's uh, it's definitely mm -hmm. a different world in mm -hmm. in keys, um, and even in raid, like uh, like going from Rashok to Zakarn in terms of healing, which we I don't we haven't really talked about that, but you want to get into just, that? I mean, we can, yeah. Let's let's just jump into maybe progression stuff. We're kind of all over the place today, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll say healing, healing Zakarn is like honestly, we talked we talked I, I think we talked about this when we talked about Pantheon in was that. That was in Sepulchre. Sepulchre, sorry. Um, but Pantheon was like a mechanic vomit, I think is how we describe it, or how I describe it, yeah. right? It's like it's yeah. just a bunch of mechanics don't really make sense are all over the place. Like Sakarn is the same idea, except the mechanics sort of make sense together. They just all happen at the same time every time, it feels <laughs> like. Like there's never a point where you are like you have a, a piece of breathing room or like you're basically setting up for only one mechanic. It's always like Okay, we have trap spawning. Plus, I have to make sure these lines don't hit people. Plus, I'm gonna get knocked back. Plus, the boss is moving as I'm getting knocked back, so I need to make sure I'm in a position where the boss moving doesn't affect negatively the rest of the raid. 
And then like, okay, if I'm going to get knocked back, I need to dodge traps. I have to look behind me. But then as I'm getting knocked back, a random trap spawns. I'm in the middle of a trap. So do I roll or port? But I can't port because my port's down where there's another trap. So it's like, dude, it's literally like my... And then all of this while trying to watch raid frames and heal people. While also what making sure that I can be in range of most people. So like, I need to make sure like I can back away from the boss slightly because somebody's been knocked and now they're killing a golem or they're, they're disabling a trap far away and they all of a sudden get the debuff. So like... They're gonna die because they have like the not the blast wave debuff plus the the embers debuff. The, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> holy shit! And then like, yeah, like I I will say that like right off the bat, I think Rashok. It's so weird because Rashok, even as healing intensive as that fight was, it never felt unfair. Like it it's never very felt structured. Yeah, it never felt like if we like if I get hit by a wave, it means I planted at the wrong spot. So like I need to make sure I adjust moving forward or like. You know, that even if two waves are coming, I could have moved differently, right? It felt not unfair, right? In terms yeah. of like, I could see the thing coming. Okay. Like, Zakarn feels unfair. Like, I found out, so I found out some fun facts um, about this fight, which I think is stupid. Like, bombs, when they land, will push you away from their landing position. Yes. Died to that, by the way, because I got pushed into a line as the lines go off. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the alternative fun. is that you die to the bomb exploding on you, which is maybe or like fairer. Just, or just like half a second trigger time. Like, don't make the bombs active as soon as they hit. Like, let them hit trigger. So, like, if I'm standing and don't move, I'm an idiot. Like, don't make it push me in a random direction into something, right? And so, like, anyway, I guess you're right. I could have moved from it, but that's annoying. And it's just like every time you do that fight, it's different, but it's not – it's like – which is fine, but like the the I think the aren't the trap RNG is like where like we have had some polls where the entire middle is clear, yeah, and it is beautiful, and no random traps spawn, and we are moving cleanly from side like from each side for the tactical destructions. It's great. Yeah, and there are other there are other like we did one attempt where the three random traps spawn one two three across the middle, and so like we couldn't <laughs> pull straight through. We had to like loop around. We had the same thing happen. <laughs> I think like, that's. I think that's my big gripe with the fight. Um, So they did this thing where on heroic and normal, you have one random trap that spawns and two that spawn under the boss. Um, And on mythic, it goes up from one random trap to two. And I think that that's a lot more than double the difficulty of one random trap not only because you know now you have more traps there's a tighter check on the boss overall which they've now nerfed the boss hp to compensate for um but also because one random trap can never wall you off one random trap can never put you in a situation where you have to take the long way around you know it just can't with the way that like the size of these traps right it just can't do that um so two random traps though can totally wall you off of something and i think that's really like a major pain point on this fight is the fact that the two traps just like from a geometry perspective can really really cause so many more problems than one random trap if it were you know one random trap but the boss cast traps more often or maybe it was like one random trap and then like periodically there would be another random trap they just didn't spawn at the same time, right? Yeah. So you're you're getting them. And so currently traps are on like a 30-something second cooldown. Um, so if you got like a random trap every 15 seconds, but you didn't ever get two at the same time, 
it would reduce the kind of like, oh, we just instantly got walled off from where we were just about to go. Um, Or honestly, probably the worst one that we've had is we were all set up for a blast wave to come out. Blast wave uh, came out at the same time as traps spawned and people just got pushed into the traps and just, you know, the entire range group has uh, the trap dot now, which is very not, good from a healing perspective like if you look at the amount of damage that you take per tick of that that's like the the dot on rashok if you've done mythic rashok the dot that you get from doing the charge smash soak is really big it's like 70k a second on the raid rashok is not designed for you to have that on the whole group at the same time and just there is an overlap where you get traps activating as blast wave goes out and having them spawn and like just in a wall behind the ranged and then they get knocked in through them or into them is, you know, kind of bullshit. Yeah. No. And that's, and the other thing too, that, that even, even if you don't get knocked into the trap, right? Like we've had, we've had situations where ranged have been knocked past a trap, like have been knocked trap spawns. And then they have to walk around the trap to get back in range of the rest of the raid. And like, in that time, they'll have the blast wave dot on them. Plus, maybe they get the embers dot, and then they're yeah. dead. Because, yeah. like, granted, they can probably like, like maybe they could push a personal use a health stone, right? But if all that is down, like they're not getting back in range in time. So it's just yeah, the random trap. And like, there's also other things where like movement for us. Like, you're probably doing the same thing where like the boss basically hugs the edge of the room until yeah. you get uh, a tactical destruction, which is the room clear like denial thing for half the room yeah and then you move the boss basically diagonal or like basically straight across the other side and do a similar right. move and then like pull and the, the what we found too is that we'll get random traps on those edges which means like we'll have to pull the boss yeah. away from the edge which puts traps close to the middle which then cuts off some of the, like the angles yeah so it's- we have a we have a setup for our trap clearing we have kind of like three tiers of like priority of what you clear with your your gadget from the golems which is another thing i'll get to that in a second the golem stuff is we'll get to that um i hate it by the way (laughs) um the so we have a three-tier system like clear anything that's in the like center star there's like six traps in a pattern Mm -hmm. around the center and like a star you clear anything in there we just need that to be able to just move through the center of the arena so you clear that first then we've got some markers scattered around that are the priority markers of like, you need to clear this if there's a trap on it. Um, and after that, we have like a lane that we've got between two markers that we're like, okay, if there's none in the center, there's none on the markers, then you clear something that's in this lane area that we've we've laid out. And if there's nothing in any of those, you hang on to it because you've got a minute to use the buff. Yeah, And we will get two more sets of traps before you have to do that. And the odds of all of the traps spawning in good location, you just not needing to use it. It's just zero. It's just not happening. Yeah. It's not literally zero, but it is, it is very close to it. Um, it's uh, yeah. And I mean, I think another thing about this is the cadence of the golem spawns is bad. It's it, it lines up with every title destruction. I mean, so yeah, there's that, um, which is frustrating and annoying and pushes you really, really hard to have two DKs, at least in your raid, because otherwise, like, what are you going to do? You can't efficiently kill them. them. They have too much health to just kind of like YOLO range DPS at them, right? You have to be efficient about it or you're going to die. 
Um, but there's like you get too many traps before the first set of golems. Isn't you it? Get, it's three spawns. You get uh, so the first set of you get two sets of traps, then golems. But then by the time, like before, you've actually managed to kill the golems. And I think this is the yeah. important part: the amount of health that the golems have, the amount of time you have to delay from the spawn to actually killing them because of the tactical destruction. Like you have to cross the room, you have to bring them across the room with you. You can't damage them very much before God, that. So stupid because of the this. CC immunity. If you Why? damage them too much. They hit 50% health, they become CC immune, and then they just walk away, right? So you into can't the damage them very much. Into the tactical every destruction. Time, every yes. time, to beeline furthest point away from the raid, yes. they are heading in yeah. there if you do that. Oh. Um, and so you end up delaying the clear of the, or the kill of the golems by like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, uh, because of the timing with the tactical destruction. Um, I mean, all right, it's probably not that long, but like, you're you're looking at, at quite a bit of a delay from when they spawn. So you, by the time you actually kill them and have the gadgets that you can use to clear traps, you've gotten one, potentially two more sets of traps. Yeah. And to some degree, like, you know, play better. But also there's just a ton of variants. Like we had a set where we had everything grouped up and we were about to like just go nuts on the golems and another set of traps happened. Uh, and it put random traps on the golems. Yeah. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. And I think the other problem with it, like the DK issue, the issue is also when they're spawning. Is they're spawning yeah. during the tactical destruction. So like the idea is you can't, to your point, you can't DPS. Well, you can't. So like what we've ended up doing, at least in our strat, is we pull, because we have two, we're running actually two DKs, is we pull the, the close two in, kill them as we're moving. Yeah. And then pull the rest of them with us, the, the other two with us, or the three. Basically, we, we focus one. If we can get a second one, great. If we can't, you basically pull two to three with you to the other side. Yeah. And then, like, stun and push back them so you can blow them up quickly with outside of the tactical destruction. But it's just, yeah, I mean, that's the problem is you'll have between 12 and 16 traps active just from, like, the the, the common spawns um, before you get your first set of, of clears. Yeah. And then you can clear some, but then, like, you might use all your clears and you get a random one in a bad spot for you. And then it's like, well, yeah. and then yeah. you have to wait. Yeah. And then you have you to wait it. and move around it. And then the other thing too, we found is like the, the, the tank movement is really precise too, because like in certain cases with tactical destruction is if you don't start moving, we've, we've had this weird thing where like, we're starting to move the boss before and the rest of the raid stays back yeah. because we'll get a trap trigger as we're moving the boss across the arena. Then we get yeah. not only random spawns, we get two bad. spawns under them underneath yeah. of it, yeah. So that's, um, with the change, like, I think that in general, the change to make the tactical destruction baited on the raid made the fight harder. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, uh, it made the fight harder. Um, but what it does let you do is, so we pull the boss and this is actually like we pull we pull the boss pretty far away from like we don't cross the center line but we pull it pretty far away from the tactical destruction like dragon head that we are activating and then um you know i can hit ams and death's advance and just yeet it across the room mm -hmm. at top speed um and get it into position for the next set of traps that works on the first tactical destruction on the second one you really can't because immediately after 
uh, it does the traps. So we're actually just, I think our plan right now is just to like drop those traps in the center because it goes like dragon heads, traps, blast wave. And if you yeah. pull the boss, if you, you can actually manage to get the boss all the way to the edge, but if you do that, then everybody gets blast wave back into the tactical destruction and dies. Yeah. So, yeah, we've... so we're just like accepting those traps are going to be really bad. Yeah, we ran into that too. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I think like in, in all my time sort of doing like progression bosses, like I think this is probably one of the the worst the worst ones just in terms of that RNG. Like I think having randomness in a fight is fine. The problem with the randomness here is that it it basically makes it so you're doing things on the fly. Like there's never a point where you're doing the same thing every time. Like your movement can be slightly different. Your positioning is slightly different every time. And to 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 your to some of the stuff we've said today, like sometimes you can't outplay the positioning, right? You get knocked into something as it's spot, like you get knocked into a trap as it's triggering, right. and like you're then essentially, unless you have a defensive up or a, like hellstone health pot, right? You're going to die from that sort of combination. It's just a, it sucks. And even from like a healing CD perspective, like typically if we could know that's going to happen, we'll put stronger CDs at that point, so right. we know we can cover it, and then we'll move like weaker ones, other ones, but every blast wave has that sort of combination. And so you, like you basically can't have a, like the, your strongest CDs up or double up CDs for every blast wave. You just need to sort of spread them. So it's been, yeah, it's been a frustrating set of, of progression. Um, we've definitely died to stupid things. Like we've died to the whole idea of like, of bombs spawning as we're moving and like a DPS running into it and dying because like yeah. they didn't see it. Cause it's a whole clump of people. And I mean, you can always call that out and, and be a little bit yeah. better about where you're specifically positioning, but yeah, I mean, we we died to that. We've died to bomb overlaps, which is sort of kind of annoying, where you have like two bombs placed right on top of each other, and we're out of immunities. Like we don't have a bop, and we don't have right. a paladin with bubble, and so it's like you have to like our tank that's doing the soaking is like really inching into one, hoping it so triggers, and then we we have a we have a brewmaster doing it. Brewmaster is really really good at doing bombs. Really nice. really really good. The initial damage from them gets staggered as physical damage, so they're very very tanky and can just kind of like hit celestial brew and walk into it. And if it's a double stack, who cares? That's awesome. Yeah, we have a um, we have an alt prop paladin doing it. So. Yeah. Um, and so we we have run into the like getting knocked into a bomb that just spawned though. That is pretty tilting. I think on the whole, like the worst part about this fight is actually that it's really close to being a good fight. I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I for me personally, like I think they need to like just playing the fight. And I think we mentioned this in, when we were sort of setting up. But for me personally, like the traps seem to spawn like 2x the amount of time. Like they're basically like everything else is on a 1x timer and traps are on a 2x timer for spawning. It feels like yeah. maybe 1.5x. But it, in essence, I think like the traps spawn rate. That is actually close to accurate though. It's yeah. A, it's a 35 second cooldown for traps. The, the golems spawn every... Uh, minute 10 the time uh tactical destruction is every like minute in five and um blast wave is about the same spawn rate as traps yeah. and bombs are about the same spawn rate as traps so there's like two different sets of timers going on there's the one minute ish stuff and the 30 second ish stuff and then there's fucking elimination protocol that's just like constantly going off that is one thing actually that i think would be really really good to improve so if I were going to fix this fight, which obviously armchair designer here, yeah. like I've never done it, but like there's a couple things, just a couple, like honestly, not even big things that would make this fight significantly better. Number one, random traps should never spawn next to each other. Yeah. 
just like you don't even need to reduce the number of random traps although that would be nice like just if they can never spawn next to each other then suddenly that like and you can like have it fall back right so like at the end of the fight when there's only stuff that is you know next to each other you can just give up and spawn next to each other at that point you know you're killing the rate just do it um but like earlier in the fight like i talked about getting wall off and things like that that is so much better (laughs) to have them spawn like separated than have it just like oh i were walled off and i have to like waddle my way around it yeah that's one of the strengths of dk actually is that you can if you have ams up you don't get the trap dot so when i'm moving the boss i can hit ams if i have to walk through traps and just like go and i don't have to worry about the trap dot um but also reducing the frequency of the elimination protocol um it's just always going off and it's just really annoying really annoying I would say the the maybe one like um, actually my raid leader we were talking about this uh, doing the progression like the one thing that we talked about with elimination protocol is is basically make it not pierce, meaning that it stops yeah, it after it hits the, the first layer. Yeah, yeah. So that that I think if it didn't pierce, that might make it slightly easier to deal with because then you could have elimination protocols move in and people could spread out behind. Because right okay. now you basically because it pierces and it goes from essentially it's a straight line from also, the boss. Yeah. It just it's, it just frees up space, basically. It frees up space, but it's also kind of hard to judge sometimes, especially when you have the overlaps with either the boss is moving shortly before your uh, lines are going off, or you get a blast wave right before. So there's actually, okay, a couple of things about blast wave. Blast wave, uh, actually, one more change. Blast wave should not cancel casts. Okay. Like all of the knocks that we had last year, all the pushbacks that we had last year did not cancel yeah. casts. Yeah. This one just shouldn't cancel casts. It's so annoying that like every 30 seconds your casters just have to stop casting because it's going to get interrupted by blast wave. This is really annoying. Um, anyway, um, if you get pushed by blast wave while you have the uh, lines, the line only changes direction if one of two things happens. One, the boss moves because the tank mm-hmm. moved. Uh, so if you have a blood decay, like reason number three to have a blood decay, <laughs> they hit death's advance and the boss doesn't move. Um, or two, you get pushed into a wall. And so the wall, you'll like slide along the wall and that will change the direction of the arrow. But those are the only two cases where you're... Uh, elimination protocol arrow actually changes directions as a result of blast wave. So you actually can, like, if you know that you have a blood decay, so you never have to deal with the first case, mm-hmm. you can position so that your arrow never changes after a blast wave by just never getting pushed into a wall. Now, that's in theory, in practice, because of the way that the lines work, like you mentioned that they are just like, they, they pierce and the pushback knocks you back two spaces and sometimes there's just not two spaces that you can be at without getting pushed into the wall because the whole arena is only like six spaces across yeah um yeah it's yeah it's so like in theory you can like really play around it in practice you do not have the ability to play around it that much um past the end so you really just have to on the ones where you get the blast wave there's only two where you get blast wave 
and then get the elimination protocol going off. They're front loaded. The first one's at like 20 seconds into the fight and the, yeah. the next one's at like two minutes into the fight. And then after that, you always have the blast wave go off after elimination protocol. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We've even seen like, that's the other thing too, is like the, like with the one tactical destruction, I think it's the second tactical destruction overlaps. One of those two, we found like early on, it was difficult to gauge where players were in relation to the boss. Cause you're so far away. And the yeah. boss has stopped to cast something. So like we've said like, you know, tactiles or the the lines or whatever go to the sides. But even then, like I've killed myself because there was a rogue close and I was further back and didn't notice it. And we both got yeah. by the I got I the, got killed by one. So I was, you know, tanking the boss, watching yeah. my feet, try to set it up for for trap spawns. And then we had a range that was behind me, like way behind me. I'm standing with my back to a trap and like the arrow is going into the trap because I'm right at the edge of it um, yeah. and I didn't see it. And I had been clipped by one earlier and um, the debuff. I had the debuff as a result. So I just got hit by it and just like, bam, dead. Uh, I had already blown purgatory on some other shenanigans, but it was yeah, just yeah, like... It's stupid, and like, yeah, we. And it's I not mean, their we, fault. Like, they they had a really smart positioning idea because nobody was standing on on those traps, right? I'm the only yeah. one in that area, and we did tell people like, if you're going to hit somebody, hit the tank because they can live it. That that happened to be the one one situation <laughs> that I couldn't live it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But like, yeah, that uh, it's uh, it's so close to being like a good fight, and it is actually. I have had fun progressing it but it's kind of having fun in spite of these elements of the boss fight, right? It's having yeah. fun because honestly, part of it. So, okay. I'm going to pull up a chart here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the, the prog stats uh, chart for just like statistics about kills of Skarn. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, this is not complete data. This is just a sample of data, all this stuff. Um, anyway, there's a really important chart here that I want to highlight. It's uh, the number of kills versus kill date chart. And you can see the very, very clearly when people figured out the meme strat. Yep. And there's like this huge spike for six days or something, five days. And then they nerf out. the bot. They nerf the boss on May 26th and it just like flattens, just flatlines. There's no recorded kills for like several days and then it's starting to pick back up like but it's it's very clear that um the difficulty of the boss is i mean it's more in line with what the original strat people were doing was but it's way way out of line with the um difficulty of the the meme strat and i think that's only become more clear to me as we've pulled it because like some of the things we've wiped to right like we've wiped to not being able to get the golems grouped and killed in time yeah and on the meme strat you literally ignore them you want them to run around and activate traps because that's how you get to go to the safe zone at 30 seconds into the fight exactly yeah yeah i mean that's yeah that's it is. I, I mean, I, I'm glad they didn't pull a Kel'Thuzad on it and essentially just turn it into, or even, yeah, like a Kel'Thuzad in terms of just turning it into like an easy fight that just had slightly different mechanics, right? The you had to play around or like a slightly different strategy. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I would, it's, yeah, it's the, it just feels like, I still feel like I think if I was going back through this, like, I think 
slowing down trap spawn rate would help. I think it's still a difficult fight, even if trap spawn like 50%, maybe not, a, maybe not, you know, if it's every, you know, 30 seconds, maybe like they move it to every like 40 seconds or every 45 seconds, right? In terms of trap spawns, I think that potentially is enough to, to make it yeah not as bad. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny. The the part that I thought would be the worst, which is the tactical destruction being baited on where most of the players are, is probably like my least issue with the entire fight. Yeah. <laughs> so we are we are the closest that my guild has ever been to like, you know, world first high ends kind of progression yeah. where there's no VODs out there. There's no logs. You're kind of ma- figuring out the strategy for yourself because it's so different. Like the yep. first five-ish minutes of the fight are pretty similar, but then the constraints are different because you're not setting up to go to the safe zone at the end. Right. Um, so the the kind of constraints are different. Um it is so one of the one of the interesting things about having run prog stats for like four years now is that you get to see the reality of how progression works on these bosses, where you have the early guilds that kill it, they take, you know, basically progression time over the course of the tier stays level the early guilds kill it faster than Mm -hmm. in terms of time spent than pretty much anybody else and it goes up a bit and it kind of levels out and then as it continues creeping up just bit by bit by bit there's nerfs that come in there's gear that comes in that kind of tones it back down um the early guilds that killed this boss spent about five hours progressing it uh the ones that that logged on park stats uh it is currently at like six to eight to ten hours post post buff and for the meme strat it was like an hour and a half to two hours yeah which just it's just hilarious so like it's hard to like normally when you look at one of these like if you look at rashok right Mm -hmm. the kind of early guilds that killed it spent like four hours on it everybody after that is kind of like spending more like six to eight to nine hours on it and that's just kind of normal like we're not fat shark yes or whatever kind of yeah. like we're not on that level so it's that's that's kind of normal and so in some ways it's like if you if you ignore the meme strat part of scar it all is kind of in line with a regular boss in terms of like the difficulty curve but it just feels so bad oh my god yeah i think it's like, funny i think if it was if it was a longer boss i think it would feel even worse and probably give give like you know halandras like like issues right like it'd be that type yeah. of like mid-tier like 100 150 pull boss but yeah, yeah I mean, this this tier is just all kinds of hosed at this point yeah um but yeah so we're i mean we're still progressing and i, I think in terms of like we're just gonna extend i think from here on out like well, i think we'll we we'll still this week oh we, you did extend you started that yeah. okay we, we still could, we had we, so last sunday we did not get rashok we, okay had a lot of low percent wipes. We had a lot of like 3% wipes where we just were not quite making it through the last phase with enough people alive to kill it after the final slam. Um, I think a lot of the issue was healing cooldowns, which I had set and I got some help from people from from former one of our former healing officers who is now just a regular healer and was like, okay, this isn't working. Please, for the love of God, give me some help. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, ha- learned a lot from him going through them, uh, which is very, very helpful. But w- we came in this week and we three-shot it. Nice. Which was very satisfying um, to to knock it out like that. And now we're on Skarn. Skarn, again, like six to ten hour boss. 
we technically have like eight hours to sink into it this week. So there's a, there is a chance that we can kill it on, on tonight, I guess. Yeah. But it's just like, we compare that to the other team in our guild that like killed Rashok and then knocked out Skarn in 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it definitely, it definitely sucks in terms of like the, the ranking side of it. Right. Cause yeah. Once you get through, once you get through Skarn, it feels like, you know, you're, you're just that much further ahead. You're, you know, two, three days ahead, um, which translates to a guild that if you only raid two days a week, that's like a week or two ahead in terms of progression. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we, I, I guess we didn't really talk about, it. we just sort of jumped right into Skarn, but yeah, in terms of like progression on our side, I think we did, we did back clear everything. We actually cleared pretty much. We did a full heroic clear. We did uh, uh, a normal clear for just trinkets yeah. uh, and then cleared all of mythic and then killed uh killed rashok in like five pulls all on tuesday we had like a really wow, good tuesday that's yeah. killer yeah. yeah we had like we had like like i don't we think we went to forgotten experiments once everything else was a one shot in mythic um yeah and and yeah like we had a really solid solid sort of back clear and then you know rashok <laughs> fell over so if we the if the uh, mythic gear weren't like kind of made irrelevant by the upgrade system, this would be a great tier to like not extend for oh, a yeah. while because yeah. it's very like you could definitely kind of kind of cruise through reclear, but four forty one gear is just not worth it. Not when you can upgrade heroic to four thirty seven, and it takes an hour to clear heroic. Right, like heroic, it, go, heroic goes to four forty one. Oh, does oh sorry. So yeah, so heroic comes up to the at least the early mythic bosses. So there's no point in reclearing early mythic bosses. Just extend. Right. And if you need specific gear from heroic, you just go and kill those bosses. Which I think that'll be our plan. So we got the skip now. So I think our plan is we'll still clear mythic trinket bosses on Tuesday, and then go in. Or sorry, heroic, heroic trinket, trinket bosses, bosses on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. And then go into to mythic, and we're just extending from now. So we we actually had crazy trinket luck this week too. We got two heroic Rashok's hearts. We got a mythic Rashok heart. We got nice. a mythic Jaren, which is not a trinket, but you know, same deal. We yeah. got a heroic Omnis essence. We got a heroic Elementium, whatever anvil thing. Yeah, the anvil. We got a heroic like avoidance Kazara trinket for a healer. Um, nice. Just like. If it like you don't, we didn't. We also got a normal and a heroic beacon to the beyond. Shit! Yeah, you guys had really good luck. That's awesome. No dragon fire bomb dispensers though. We have we got one bomb dispenser on normal on yeah. Thursday because we did we did we didn't we did just like the first two and yeah. last or whatever we did like the skip on normal and then Thursday came back I guess for the one or two trinket <laughs> bosses. But yeah, I'm also. My my monk is still using drag bar rocks as a trinket. <laughs> nice. That nice. Such a stupid. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, it's a uh, it's yeah, it's crazy the the gearing piece. But yeah, I mean we're we're also in extend mode till till whatever Sakareth dies. But um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this week coming up in terms of Prague. It's just it's not. It just feels rough every time we go in there. So yeah um i'm hopeful that tonight like it we made real progress on scarn on friday we went from like you know wiping on the first tactical destruction to wiping on the second tactical destruction to actually making it through both with too many golem casts getting off but you know making it through both and so there is like real progression here there's something to this 
that not every boss has where some bosses you don't really kind of continuously progress through the boss you kind of have one choke point and then you get through that and the boss dies especially when you look at like earlier mid-tier bosses Mm -hmm. um that's pretty common or you just kind of like have random wipes the whole time you know something like Kel'Thuzad where you just like oops we're dead (laughs) yeah dps was off yeah 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 um but this one there is real kind of progression through the whole fight that not isn't always there on an early boss and so it's like it's just so close to being good so close to being good and it just needs a few like honestly i would almost say quality of life changes because some of these aren't even necessarily about difficulty like yes in a in a in a like amount of time it takes to progress the boss sense it will reduce the amount of time it takes to progress the boss but it's not about like making it easier to handle the mechanics at least in my opinion not making it easier to handle the mechanics it's about making it less frustrating and less you know likely that you just get trolled by rng yeah yeah and it's like yeah it's that idea where like because it's random like you're it's not the like it's somewhat the personal responsibility type boss but it's more of just like did i move to the right side of the trap that kept me in range so i didn't die to the mechanic that's going to do damage to me right or like yeah you know like did i position myself because like i'm a big proponent of like i do the boss fights generally once we kill it i do it the same time the same way every time so like yeah. I try not to change like healing cooldowns, try not to change like my positioning, but like with a boss like this, it just, yeah, it's just I frustrating. Think one of the things about elimination protocol being so frequent is it actually makes it really, really hard to adjust on the fly. Like as a, yeah. as a tank, I'm doing boss positioning and I want to adjust on the fly when we have different trap spots. I want to go like, okay, we got a trap spot where it's going to go. I'm going to go to this spot instead, but I can't actually do that because of elimination of protocol being on you know, all the time. And so you could move during elimination protocol, right? It's, it happens too often. You you can't just not move during elimination protocol. Yeah. But it happens so frequently and it overlaps so often with places where you want to, you know, be doing these moves that it's just like, I can't react to this because if I do react to this, it puts four other people at least in a position where they can't react and then they die. So yeah. we're going to get double bad traps because I can't move the boss into a better position. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, that's rough. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about this next week too, in terms of like how progression is going. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully you get it tonight and you can move on to, to get Magmarex down pretty quickly, hopefully. But, hopefully. but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, we'll see how progression goes. Um, all right, we still about 20 minutes. Um, we can talk a little bit about there's news, a little bit more news that we haven't touched on and sort of doing this sort of episode in reverse, I feel like. Um, yeah. but um, but we did a couple of things I wanted to talk about just quickly was we did get uh the June trading post uh sort of launched. Oh, yeah. Uh and it's Mount City, my favorite time of the year. Um, so there's actually I think there's what three mounts in the trading post uh this month. Um, you've got like the, the Royal Swarmers rain rains, which is a B mount, which is kind of cool. They don't, they didn't, these were oh much God. more prevalent, um, uh, in, uh, I feel like in like BFA, um, a bunch of like B mounts were there. So you get the, the Swarmers rains, which is cool. Um, you also get, uh, the Cindermane charger, um, which is sort of a fire horse, which looks pretty awesome. Um, I don't care about anything else, but the mounts look cool. So I've got to actually do some grinding this month uh, 
for some. Uh, you have to actually play the game. I have to play the game, unfortunately, um, to get some uh, to get some coins for some mounts. But um, but yeah, and then the bonus reward for like, of course, completing your um, completing your trading post uh, is quacks quacks, uh, which is a, a like a parrot mount, which yeah, actually looks really have, cool. It's like you a don't purple have the parrot from Freehold. It's this is a recolor of the parrot from from Freehold that you yeah. can just get. Um, uh, also want to shout out to there's uh, fire horns that you can get. It's a helmet uh, from the trading post this month as well. That looks pretty neat. Not not a thing that goes with every transmog for sure, but uh, very unique. Weren't these uh weren't those like a Amazon Prime gaming thing at one point or something? Or like didn't I they? Didn't, I feel like those were a part of you had to pay for them. Maybe I'm thinking of something different. I don't know. Yeah. I don't recognize them, but I could just be missing it. Uh, Oh, they were, uh, they were, they were a paid cosmetic item. uh, Yeah. Cause they did, they did the fire horns. They did the ice ones and they did one of the, Oh, okay. Like it was like the horn update or whatever. I think it was like 15 bucks for all of them. So gotcha at the time. Um, interesting. But that's training post for this month. I mean, it's a bunch of, like I, all I care about is the months. There is, I guess, a bee pet you can buy if you're into pets. I don't, I'm not a I actually collector. saw that and I was like, oh man, that's such a cool mount. And it's not a mount, it's a pet. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but cool. Yeah. Training post is live. Again, I think that's a super cool thing just in the game. So, um, and then in terms of PTR updates, um, they're, uh, the only thing new this week is they did open up the mega dungeon. Um, so I think it's called Dawn of the Infinite is live now on ptr so you can jump in there and test it out um honestly haven't been on i I did that key on my augmentation evoker earlier this week but um haven't really been on ptr to test out this dungeon it's a mega dungeon uh, similar to like mechagon was and and karazhan of old um and these are always super cool so it'll be fun to i mean i guess it's a as a person who only cares about like getting the best stuff and being slightly uh min maxi with this i'll probably end up doing this once um just to see it and then maybe twice once on normal once on mythic um but no it'll be fun i I assume it'll be in the season three mythic plus pool too so yeah yeah so you'll do it in myth you'll probably split again do like half it yeah half and half um yeah but you know this this comes out with this patch so another mega dungeon these have always been cool i mean karazhan or karazhan i think is the first one was you know super cool and then even mechagon was fun um the bots were fun to mess around with and then was it Tazavesh from from Shadowlands. Yeah. Uh sort of fun, I'll say. Some of the bosses were a little bit meh. But um <laughs> but as a dungeon as a whole, I think it was fine. The I mean to be fair, the only dun- the only boss I absolutely hated was the was the line boss that would like split off the arena and like into port with the what? shapes. That was the best boss. Okay, like no, because like there would like some of those shapes would like you literally had half a second to react to where like the circle spawn oh. you're gonna eat the dot because of the way it worked, or like you literally had to do like some sort of like geometric thing in your head. Like okay, I gotta go square and then circle and then circle back to square, but then I'm gonna take moon and then I'll get to where the boss jumps. Because like we've had the boss like where you have to interrupt it before you get the dot. That's how this yeah. boss worked like twice I think, and like we had it where like it would jump to like a spot where you had to take like four portals to get there and then. Like you yeah. just die because somebody screwed up. I I like that boss. That was a good that's, boss. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Mega Dungeon Time is back, which is fun. Um, but yeah, um, and then I think the only final thing is we did get there will be a patch coming up this week. Um, 
with some updates. So uh, to both Brewmaster and Mistweaver Monk. So I don't know if you want to go through the... Uh... Let's do the Mistweaver one first because I think that's okay. a little bit easier to get through. It's super simple. It's a 3% healing increase. It's not exciting uh, or crazy. Um, it's just a nice, I think... I'm not even going to call it a quality of life change. It's just we get 3% more healing for whatever reason. Um, I don't particularly know why, but... Um, yeah, don't, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Now, a buff's a buff. There weren't any other, uh, at least healing uh, changes to the other healers. I think Devastation, or sorry, Preservation Evoker got a uh, damage increase to Disintegrate. Um, but okay. in general, there's been no like healing buffs to any of the other healers. So we're the only ones. Um, key fact doesn't apply in PvP, and there were a bunch of uh, uh, Misweaver Monk PvP updates. Um, but I don't PvP, so I honestly don't know exactly what it meant. I think they've it looks like they nerfed it a bunch. Yeah, I think they nerfed <laughs> a, a bunch, bunch of, of mana costs. Mana, yeah, mana efficiency stuff for 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 Mistweaver. So, um, but yeah, um, nice three percent buff to to Mistweaver. So, so Brewmaster is getting kind of a compensation buff for the weapons of order change. Uh, oh, we nice. talked about the weapons of order change last week. Basically, it made it so that you were no longer getting your weapons of order uh, damage amp applied to non-spec spells and effects. So no more embellishments, no more trinkets, no more weapon effects, none of that. Um, and that was a pretty sizable nerf. You know, very wide range of nerf too, depending on what kind of gear you had. If you were fully bissed out and you were getting all of your like Beacon to the Beyond hits inside your weapons of order, it was 12 to 13%. If you did not have that kind of gear, it was more like six to seven percent. So it's very kind of like widely dispersed in terms of how much of a nerf it was. Uh, we are getting a number of buffs. So specifically, it is all ability damage goes up by three percent. Rising Sun Kick damage goes up by ten percent, which is kind of fun because that's not a spell that is like historically been a brewmaster spell. Uh, mm -hmm. Blackout Kick damage increased by thirty percent, and Tiger Palm damage increased by thirty percent. Um, so what this boils down to is still being worked out because in particular, the blackout kick change really pushes us in the direction of playing shard passions instead of playing Dragonfire brew. Cool. So that is going to like, there's, there's bigger implications for the overall rotation that it makes it hard to figure out what the actual, like numbers buff is here at minimum you're looking at basically compensating for that nerf if you were on the lower end of the gear mm -hmm. uh six ish seven ish percent overall um with just current talents if you're using a regular talent build now there's also an unlisted hotfix uh to bone dust brew and bountiful brew uh, okay. so Bountiful Brew is the one that triggers a free Bone Dust Brew on your target periodically, uh, just like from hitting them. Uh, previously, they did not stack. So like if you had a proc while you had Bone Dust Brew on the target, it would just go back to the max duration and just overwrite it. And if you cast it while you had the proc on the target, again, just go back to the max duration. No stacking, no extending. Uh, it now extends uh, up to uh. 20 seconds, so it's not totally uncapped, but this is this makes the the bountiful brew talent significantly better um because you're no longer dealing with like if you had back-to-back -back procs the second proc would get more or less entirely wasted 
um, it, you would get like two seconds of duration out of it instead of eight seconds, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so now uh, you get a lot more from that talent as well. So all these things combined, you're looking at like six to 7% uh, increased damage. If Charred Passions ends up being the play, that's going to be a really interesting thing because that build is more rotationally intense to pull off. Like one of the hardest things about the Brewmaster rotation is actually fitting all of your blackout kicks in while casting your other spells because blackout kick has such a low cooldown. It's a very important spell, but you can't just like sit there waiting on it to come off a cooldown. You have other stuff to to push. You have a lot of buttons to push um, and a lot of plays to spin. So the Shard Passions build requires you to be casting Blackout Kick a lot. Mm-hmm. And so on paper, if that ends up being the best, the difficulty of playing the Brewmaster rotation in single target is going to go up more. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll that's, see. Yeah. That's, that's always the fun. Like I find that type of stuff the most interesting where like you have a build that like theoretically is your best sort of build, whether that's for damage or for healing, but like actually playing it in practice is like, if you're not playing it at a perfect level, it's almost worse to play. And so like, there's that, that caveat of like, yeah, here's like your theoretical max. Here's what you want to do. But like, if you screw up even like two GCDs and this massive chain of GCDs, like you're essentially like losing all the benefit from like playing. You might as well just play like the, the other build. And that's right now what we currently have going on between Shard Passions and Dragonfire Brew. In theory, Shard Passions is better right now mm-hmm. before the buff. Um, in practice, it's just not enough better to make up for the fact that if you're not getting like very high casts of Blackout Kick, mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that with Dragonfire Brew, you just like push the button when it's off cooldown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the same like, clouded focus and, and ancient teachings issue we had for like the the start of this tier um or the start of this expansion which is like in misweaver land it was like technically clouded focus was better on paper but like in practice playing it particularly i guess for us it was like a mana constraint two issue but um playing it just wasn't wasn't enough ahead to warrant like the complexity of like actually playing that build so yeah, yeah. so this is going to be this is going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out um, I think this actually pushes Shard Passions to be enough better that it could end up seeing more play um, and actually be worth it, even with, you know, mistakes in the rotation. And we're not talking like, it's not rotationally complex in that it's like a bunch of cast sequences that you have to execute correctly in order to do good damage. It's more of just like you have this low cooldown ability that has cooldown conflicts with every other ability in your kit. Right. And you just have to be pushing all of them all of the time and know when it's correct to delay one of them for another. And so Dragonfire Brew is just easier because it, it simplifies the whole like decision process. Like, do I push this or this? Well, it's easy. You push this. You push right. Breath of Fire. <laughs> like, if you can push Breath of Fire, you push Breath of Fire, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Chart Passions is a little bit more involved where you have like, you want to be maintaining rushing jade wind. You want to be maintaining um, your breath of fire. You ideally also play it with blackout combo, which then adds another thing where you want to be spending your blackout combos on certain things for maximum benefit. Um, and then, of course, you need to be using your blackout kick more because Chart Passions buffs blackout kick. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> way too hard. 
in my mind. <laughs> it's it's very it's like it's doable. It's just the kind of thing where like you go and you play Blood DK and it's just like you push heart strike and you don't let bone shield drop and you're like 80% of the way there. Yeah. Uh, and you just like stand in death and decay. You push heart strike. You don't let blood boil cap and you're like, you're good. You're, you're, you're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then brewmasters over here, like you maintain this and this, you spend these here and you have these three very short cooldowns that you have to like be uh, making sure they all stay on cooldown all the time. And yeah. it's just a little bit harder plus you have the idea of like then you have to worry about where the boss is positioning like mechanics coming up taunting and that's really something that i think i think it will actually be better in practice if you are playing mythic to stick with dragonfire brew in for a lot of people at least until you're deeper in like progression on the boss and more comfortable with the boss yeah because just not having to think about your rotation is actually worth both damage but it's worth pulls it's worth like you know, you can focus on the boss and getting the boss to the right spot and not getting absolutely stomped by, you know, messing up a tank swap. Exactly. You know, or messing up a mechanic. And so there's something to be said for playing the easy rotation, even if yeah. it's behind. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's, yeah. Once you layer in, like, actually doing the fights, like, whether that's in Raid or even in Mythic Plus, like, yeah, having an easier rotation where you can spend that sort of brain power, that focus on like, okay, where am I moving the boss or what cooldowns am I using here? Like, you know, what specific position do I need to be in? Um, what's coming up next, right? You can spend those sort of brain cycles thinking about that versus thinking about, okay, yeah, I'm about to have to spend blackout kick, but I also have this other ability that's coming off cooldown. So like, which do I hit first? And like, you know, not delaying either one as, as best we can. So yeah, no. Yeah. But cool. I mean, yeah. glad I mean, glad that Brewmaster's getting buffs. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, they, they at least tried to, if not fully compensated for the, the weapons of order changes. Yeah, we will see. There's still a lot of um rankings. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the top ranks on a bunch of mythic fights, they're still pre-nerf because yeah. it was really strong. Um, and we will see if it continues to be a problem. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. well, cool. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, awesome. Yeah. Monk, good monk week, except if you're a windwalker, I think they still are on. Fine. Is it actually, I should, before anybody yells at me in the comments about saying windwalker is fine, I'm going to go check. Is windwalker fine? Uh, let's or... see. Oh, improving windwalker. Babs went full on my idea of like setting up a bunch of forum posts of like, oh boy, good Babs. ideas for windwalker changes that's crazy we're gonna we're gonna do forgotten experiments that's a relatively early boss it's got some cleave on it windwalker is dead middle like okay but it's a lot of two target on mythic right yeah look at rashok uh near the bottom (laughs) on rashok is it is it losing the feral druid uh yes okay well then they're barely like they're they're like equal let me eh. me actually pull this up they're like equal um, the median damage number is the same for both of them at about 103.8k. And the max value for Feral is just way higher, basically. Yeah. Uh, but there's also not very many parses because Rashak is kind of a hard boss and not a lot of people have gotten through it yet. Like if you look at another single target boss, Kazara has a bajillion kills. And um, Woodwalker is bottom quarter. It's still, but it's still not bad. The bottom half is all kind of like in the same ballpark, and it's yeah, just the top that kind of pulls away. 
So yeah. it's like Wind Walker is worse, but you know, it's not unplayably bad. Yeah. Then again, neither is Brewmaster. So maybe the Brewmaster class dev just likes us more. That's true. I, by the way, that chart, it's so funny looking at some of the DPS distributions on that, where like inside of a spec, where like you have like the rogue classes are a really narrow band, where like most rogue yeah. players do very similar damage. Then you have like mages who are like just literally like, yeah, <laughs> like the spread is massive, I think, with arcane. Um, so, yeah. um, but cool. Now, I think. It's funny. I didn't. I didn't think we'd actually get a full ninety minutes in because there was like nothing to talk about. But we had a. I think a good I, conversation. We complain about Scarn all yeah, day long. Yeah, sure. That's true. Could, that could be its own ninety-minute episode. But yeah, good yeah. conversation on Scarn. Good D four. I'm excited. I can't wait to get back into D four. Really want to get. Yeah, to I got more raid prep to do. Uh, downside right. of raiding on the weekend. We got bit by raiding on the weekend two weeks in a row. Week one by the fact that we didn't raid until after the Scarn like nerfs went yeah. in, which is frustrating. And then to this week, D4 came out the day, like on Thursday, but I've been busy with raid prep stuff like all weekend. So I have not played very much of it. Uh, Yeah. But, you know. I think it's a good slow burn game. I think the other thing, too, that helps D4, just one final comment, is they didn't, their seasonal stuff doesn't start for like two months. So they have like this two month lull period of like, not like leveling up. Yeah. Have fun. And then like the seasonal stuff start and you can start to like min max and do that. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited yeah, to yeah. see how this ends because, like I said, I've looked at nothing about the game other than how to get a mount. It was like the one thing because I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna take me forever to go back at all these dungeons. Like, when do I get a mount? And then maybe I'll spend some time, like, yeah, running through the world. But yeah, no, cool. Yeah, uh, that is gonna be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the Peak of Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Beacon Serenity. And, of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to keep up to date on what the new rotation and build is going to look like for Brewmaster with these changes. Or, you know, complain about the 3% buff not actually solving any of Miss Sweeper's problems. Exactly. Or about exactly. Windwalker not getting buffed at all. That's... They don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>